everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Dial M and M for Murder, a podcast about serial killers. I'm Maddie. I'm Mallory. And we're we're your hosts. Um, obviously, this podcast is about serial killers, and that's what we're going to be talking about right now. We're going to get right into it. Okay, serial killers, period. That's the subject of our podcast. Um, deal with it. Deal with it. So, if you're wondering what a serial killer is, by definition, it is a person who murders not one, not two, but three or more people, usually in service to their, and I quote, abnormal psychological gratification. Casaso. End quote. And what is that, you ask, in Spanish? I'll tell you in English. It's basically... That it basically murder creates a high for the serial killers. That's why they do it. That's why they murder serial multiple times. Crunch, crunch. Serial killers have actually existed all throughout history, but are believed to have started with a man named H.H. H. Holmes. That's right. Three H's. Period. He's known for the most for the infamous murder castle. And this was a hotel made for the World Fair that was held in Chicago, Illinois in 1897. And it was, it was made for murder. And that's why they called it the Murder Castle. Um, it contained trapdoors, enclosed spaces, and you guessed it, hallway mazes that were designed to confuse, trap, and torture any and every unlucky guest that decided to stay there. On to my co-host... After H.H. Holmes, whose real name was Herman Webster Mudgett, the serial killer phenomenon was sporadic until their reign in the 1970s, when the term serial killer was first coined, and for a good reason. This decade housed the most notorious and infamous serial killers of all time, including, but not limited to, the set of Sam, the Manson family, Jeffrey Dahmer, John, John Wayne Gacy, Ted Bundy, and possibly the Zodiac Killer. These men tormented the public sanity in the 70s and later extended the reign of terror into pop culture. Many horror movies model their most devious villains after serial killers from the 70s and beyond. I think this is actually a good segue into our first interview. Okay, so before we actually get into the interview that we did with Ed Gein... Um, I'm going to give a little background information for people who don't know who he is. Ed Gein, who was also known as a butcher of Plainfield, was a grave robber, a necrophile, and a serial killer, although that is debated, um, because he did come out to killing two women, but a lot of people believe that he actually killed his brother, too. So, growing up, Ed's mother, if you've seen the movie Carrie... She's very much like the mother in that movie, religious, but in kind of a crazy way, um, very overprotective of her children in a crazy way. <laughs> um, so Ed and his brother were not allowed to have friends because his mother actually saw other people, the outsiders, uh, to be sinful. She also believed that all women, except for herself, of course, were whores. And they were sent by the devil to tempt men. And that's basically the kind of environment that Ed and his brother were growing up in. So not super healthy. And aside from this, his father is actually 
abusive to him and his brother. He was an alcoholic. It just was not a great environment for him. Later on, Ed experienced some trauma. Everybody in his family basically died. So first, his father died from heart failure caused by the alcoholism. Then his brother died from a crop fire. Um, And then afterwards, his mother, who had already had two strokes and Ed was taking care of her, passed away from that. Um, But Ed was actually, this is what he was mainly known for. He was inspiration for Norman Bates in the movie Psycho and Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Um, This is because Ed actually would dig up graves and take the bodies And he sewed together the skin to create a sort of woman's suit to resemble um, his mother. And then, uh, sorry. Um, After that, he decided to go and kill two women, and most likely his brother. The first woman that he killed, her name was Mary Hogan, and it's said that she was a tavern owner who actually resembled his mother. And then the second woman, whose name was Bernice Borden, She was a hardware shop owner, and her murder is the reason why Ed Gein actually got caught. Um, Warden's son entered the hardware shop where the family worked and found blood all over the floor. He then looked at the sales slips and saw that the last one was filled out for a gallon of antifreeze that was purchased by one Ed Gein. So police then investigated his property and ended up finding Warden decapitated and strung upside down in Gein's shed. So this is what caused Ed Gein to go to prison and what, sorry, what ultimately had him um, confess to the other murder of Mary Hogan, um, and there he died in prison. Um, The people who worked there actually regarded Ed as a, quote, perfectly amiable and docile prisoner. So now that we know this about Ed, the main points, everything that you need to know, we're going to get into the interview right now. Okay, here I am with Mr. Ed Gein in the middle of a Starbucks. Mr. Gein. Sorry, (laughs) just thought of Mr. Bean. Okay. (laughs) Mr. Gein, excuse me. How many friends did you have growing up? No, mother wouldn't allow friends. She was my best friend. Were you close to your father or your brother? No. Father loved alcohol more than any of us. Henry disrespected mother, so I despised him. Well, aside from talking to your mother, did you have any hobbies? Uh, I played the flute. Taxidermy was fun, too. But I think I enjoyed most dressing like mother. Okay, so moving on. Why don't you tell us about any trauma that you faced to give the audience more insight into your psyche? Well, father died. The alcohol finally got to him. It's okay. (laughs) It's an emotional thing to relive. Then Henry died in a fire. Finally. After this, though, mother suffered two strokes. She died in a few months. No. (laughs) I'm sorry. She died a few months after the second. I was obviously devastated. Obviously. And this led you to pay an homage to her. 
Let's talk about the ways that you did that. Um, I dug people up. Then I used their skin to make a mother suit. Occasionally I used the other remains to decorate my home. Waste not, want not. Interesting. It's great that you're environmentally conscious. Thank you, I do what I can. Can I ask you what really everyone is wondering about? The people that you killed, why did you do it? Mrs. Hogan looked like mother. Mrs. Warden was a horrible snoop. She asked how my day was, and that's none of her business. That makes sense. So did you like prison? Yes. Sweet. That's about all we have time for right now, Mr. Green. Thanks so much for being here with us. My pleasure. Welcome back, guys. So right now we're going to cut to a short commercial break, but I hope you guys enjoy that interview with Ed Gein. And right after this break, we are going to interview someone very special. You guys won't want to miss it. Okay, so which one tasted better? Uh, Steve. Yeah, the guy. With Lisa, I only tasted peanut butter and chocolate. Lisa had just eaten a peanut butter cup. But so. with Steve, I tasted something more. It was peanut butter and uh, Snickers. Peanut butter. You're right. Yes. Steve had just eaten Snickers peanut butter oh, squared. Steve was delicious. Yeah. I'd love another taste. Oh, certainly. Eat both squares, please. If you like peanut butter and chocolate, you'll love peanut butter and Snickers. Try new Snickers peanut butter squared. The following advertisement is intended for Jim Booney only. It's free. Real estate. We're giving you land. It's free. We're giving you a house. It's real estate. Free. It's a free house for you, Jim. This is free real estate. Well, you gotta bring furniture, but the house is free. Two bedrooms, no rugs. It's free. You unlock the door to your free house. We got you the real estate. It's a two-bedroom house. It's free. It's got a pool in the back. I'm not carrying this around all day. It's for your house. Free real estate. I'll pee my pants. Jim, come get your damn land. It's a free house! Jim, I got real estate. Jim, to get better than this? Jim! The house is free! Jim! The house is free! It's a free So guys, as I said before the commercial break, we're going to be interviewing somebody very special today, and that person is, drum roll please, Michael Myers. Yeah guys, we're going to be interviewing the real life Michael Myers. I can't even believe it. But right now, I'm going to hand it over to Madeline, and she's just going to tell you a little background story on Michael Myers before we jump into the interview. Okay, so um our next interviewee is going to be none other than michael audrey myers um yes unfortunately that is his real middle name that they gave him um michael myers is the central character and the main antagonist of the halloween movie franchise the story goes that at the age of six michael was being babysat by his older sister jody while his parents were out of town um michael myers put on a clown mask went into Jody's room, and murdered her. He then walked onto his front lawn and waited for the police to show up and take him away. They took him to Smith's Grove Sanitarium, and there he was a patient under Sam Loomis, where he spent 15 years under his watch, not speaking and barely moving. After 15 years, though, he broke out, released all the patients, and went on a killing spree, killing his whole family. Um, what is the weird thing about Michael Myers is that he has crazy superhuman strength and durability. He just doesn't die. He's caught fire. He's been shot at. He's been stabbed. He just doesn't die. And right now, we're going to interview him right now. (laughs) 
Here with me, I have Michael Myers, the antagonist of the Halloween franchise. Mr. Myers, how are you today? Nice. Well, let's just jump in. Michael, you killed your 18-year-old sister when you were six. Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Can you explain why you decided on a clown mask when killing your sister? No, that's what I thought. So after you were arrested, you spent 15 years in Smith's Grove Sanatorium where you broke out and released the patients. Before you escaped, you carved the word sister into the door. Was that in reference to your deceased older sister or your younger sister who was very much alive, Lori Strode? Fascinating. And when you escaped, you basically hunted down your family. Is it because they gave you the name Audrey as your middle name? Michael began to speak in subtitles at this point. The subtitle said, yes. Michael, we don't blame you. At this point, Michael's subtitle said the word, thanks. Finally, can you tell us about your superhuman strength and durability? How come you never die? I've seen you catch fire, and I've seen you get shot by bullets, and I've seen you get stabbed. Can you tell us your secret? Michael goes back to complete silence. I see. Maybe next time then... Thank you.